0: Welcome back to Good Moms Bad Choices. I'm Erica, and I'm Jamila. Oh,
1: okay. You know, you know, we got a special guest. I got to use my full Muslim name today. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, Jamila, not Mila today. Okay. Uh, for those of you who are confused, my name is Jamila, and I go by Mila. It's many layers to me. It's also possibly Jamila, but you know, we we'll my leave name that. is no. It's you let not. people call you that. I live in the valley amongst a lot of whites. I've grown up here my whole life and I'm not correcting everybody every five minutes. So I've been a lot of things. A lot of, I know I have white friends who are like, your name's Jamila. I'm like, yes, bitch, always has been. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Hi. Hi, how are you feeling? I'm good, I'm good, you guys. Um,
0: Welcome to Money March, if you're just joining us. We're focusing on finance and wealth and all things money and abundance this month. Um, I'm really excited because we have a special guest today. Um, We have none other than Thought Leader and... What, what 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 do you like to be introduced as? Thought Leader.
2: Works for me. Thought,
0: okay. Thought Leader. I ain't crazy
2: on titles. No.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I mean either. Um, <laughs> thought Leader, 19 Keys, is in the building. Pleasure to be here. Joining us today. So thank you, sir, for coming by. And
2: thank you for having me.
0: Um, we've been wanting to interview you for a minute. We've been, we've been low key,
1: uh, stalking you on the gram for oh, a minute, I watching your videos. It. We're professional Instagram stalkers. <laughs> mm. So if you open up your DMS and happen to find 18 from us,
2: <laughs> <laughs> ignore those. We got, we got you here. I appreciate I'm going to go stalking. unsend
1: them the moment this is done. I mean, <laughs> consistency, shit, persistency. People like count themselves out because they're too like the two, their ego gets in the way of asking for what they want, you know? And like every single thing we've gotten, it's because we pull up in those DMs and we ask. Someone asked me that, like, what did, who does your PR? I'm like, uh, the Instagram DMs. <laughs> me. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Um, well, I, I don't really know much about you prior to what you do now. So can you give us a little backstory? Who is 19 Keys? Where are you from?
1: How did you become a major thought leader on the internet?
2: You know, I grew up in Oakland, California. I was born in St. Louis, raised in Oakland, California. Uh, My story really starts early. You know, I got uh, videotapes of me speaking, you know, on topics that I talk about now from a child. I feel like I was really groomed and raised to be who I am today. It's just, you know, throughout iterations of my life and different cycles, you know, I found my way into the streets and into different things. But as an adult, I found my way back to it, you know. Um, there was a time where I remember, you know, being in the streets of Oakland, I used to speak at, sometimes they had, like, protests and rallies. And all the time it would be about, like, social justice, right? And um, it would be no young black men speaking, but it would be about young black men deaf a lot. So I just felt like there was no representation, you know. So I remember I used to go and grab a mic with a bullhorn and speak and give a speech that was just, you know, my passion at the time. And then weeks after that, there would still be people walking up to me and giving me compliments about, you know, what I said and making suggestions of me to speak more and things of that nature.
0: Is this teenage keys or is this...
2: Uh, yeah, 20, is 2020? this teenage... Let me see. How old was I at this shop? I think maybe like 21, 20. Okay. You understand me? Yeah. I think about 21, 20. But, you know, I grew up in a black Muslim environment in Oakland, California. Um, And so... I always seen black men speak up, you understand I me. Mean, I already seen black men have their own enterprises and you know uh um uh, have the ability to manage other people and to go out there and speak about social justice and things of that nature. so that was never like you know something that was special to me that was just normal to me growing up, right. We had a very interesting upbringing growing up in Oakland, California, so for me to you know uh feel like that's a path that I could follow. Of being an eloquent speaker And and the type of conversations that we have Privately bringing those to a public stage That's just me being myself Like I got seven brothers so like And two sisters this is how we just talk I had a shop in Oakland. People would come in there, and they'd chop it up with me. And, like, these are the conversations and debates and bills that we have. And so, you know, I always thought, like, damn, if people actually – because I never hear our perspectives on the Internet or in the news or on TV. So I'm like, damn, if people heard our perspective, they would love it or it would change their mind. You understand me? So that always been my thought from a a young age, Mm -hmm. right? And so I remember it was Chabot College. They had a – opportunity that they sent to me to come up there and speak to the young men. And I guess some of the young men seen me on Instagram. I had maybe had like three, four hundred followers. But they just seen how I carried myself, things I talked about daily, the journey, entrepreneurship, as I was in this space of I had just fired my job and I started my own. Wait, wait, business. Wait, 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 wait.
0: What you mean? You just fired your job?
2: I fired my job. What the fuck does that mean? No, firing is a two way streak. You quit? You understand me? No, I fired them. (laughs) I fired. I put them on. I let them know. You understand me? That I'm on the bigger and better things. I maxed out all that I can do here, and y'all can no longer afford me. I worked that product, right? So I was getting paid like six figures. It was it was a good job by any standards, right? I, I learned a lot. You know, I took all the information and knowledge, but I decided that damn, you know, I can't talk to people about independence if I'm not independent. I can't talk to people about these things, so I just felt like a hypocrite if I wasn't doing them myself. Mm. So instead, I decided to just go on that journey. So I, I truly believe that, you know, the way a job can fire you, you can fire them. Why not? It's a business relationship, right? I do something for you, you do something for me, right? If I feel like I have, you know, outgrew the terms of this agreement, then you fired, right? You can no longer do anything for me. Right, so I think that that's a uh like a slave master mindset that they only put the power on one side of the dynamic, mm-hmm. right? So hell yeah, I fired them. <laughs> um, <laughs> then I took that information, knowledge, and experience, and I started to work for myself, right? And so that afforded me the opportunity to feel free and to really chase things that I was driven and I felt that was purposeful in my life, right? And so at the time, I had a clothing store. I used to design everything. I did the marketing, the branding. So I I took all the skill sets that I learned from Prada, and I said, damn, if I can make these people $3 million a year, what can I do for myself, mm. right? So even if I just get a percentage of that, I'll be all right, right? And so, you know, I was right. And so there were students that seen me talk about my journey and my process of development, and it was like, yo, we want him to come up there and speak. And so um, the guy agreed that was the head of – that particular program, I went up there and I remember asking my bro, Jay Short, I say, listen, um, you know, this is going to go viral. That's what I'm talking to him. All <laughs> right. I ain't never had nothing reach a thousand views or nothing. But I just really believe that, you know, this perspective is needed. And I, I when I go speak anywhere, I'm not just speaking to the students. I'm speaking to everybody. Right. I always tell them, like, the people that are there, they're there to witness the message that the world is going to receive as well. Right. So I went in there. And I think about an hour and a half, I gave my lecture um, to the students and did a Q&A. And I remember um, I told him to send me the video because he started making these edits and cuts. And it kind of looked like everything you see on social media. Like it looked like you're trying to go viral or something. And really, I genuinely wanted people to get every aspect of the message. So I make sure that none of it could have been misunderstood. So I had all these lengthy captions. I make sure that there was sonic marketing where there was booms and every point that I wanted people to pay attention to. We put overlay text on it. And so when I dropped the first video, lo and behold, it went viral. Dropped the second video. I probably got like 50, 60 clips on one video. What
0: were you you actually talking about?
2: I was talking about just the journey, mental development, you know, um, the... That that struggle on the journey of family versus friends, you know, people wanting support, not supporting, seeing the vision, thinking long term, right? Um, being underestimated, and how to use that as leverage on the journey. Like all of those things that, you know, I think was really hard hitting for people as they were listening because you had all these celebrities that was following, blogs was picking it up. Like it was, every clip was just going crazy. Like they'd never heard the gospel before, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and on from there, I always took that principle, like I heard Kevin Hart say, when you have the fire lit, it's easier to keep throwing stuff in the fire than relight it, right? And so instead, you know, I decided to keep the motion moving. And, you know, fast forward five, six years later, you know, we're still in action.
1: So that was five or six years ago that you started yeah. on this journey of public speaking?
2: Yeah, I would say about five years ago.
1: I think it's um it's powerful to, you know... You know, change your words and say, "I fired my job. I think a lot of people we become dependent on our jobs because it's our bread and butter it's our it's our shelter it's our bills and so like to people have dreams and a lot of times ignore the dreams because they're married to these jobs, they feel slave to them because they feel like well if this doesn't work out, at least I have this consistent check so I think like that mindset shift is important, even the language that you use and that you're like. I see that I'm making you money and truly when you work at a, like a corporation like that, they don't give a fuck about the salesperson. Like you're replaceable. But you know, a lot of times as black people or as just, you know, working people. We are so dependent upon those jobs that we don't have the, the fear like prevents us from pursuing our dreams or like our power and what we know we're good at. But, and I heard you say something about like, you feel like you were groomed for this from, mm-hmm. s- from a young age. Like what kind of household did you grow up in? How did your parents groom you for this? Like, what was your, like, were your parents married? Or what was the ideology that, like, put you in that mind frame from a young age to have the courage to be like, I'm out of here, I'm good?
2: My parents, I grew up in a black Muslim household. And I think the earliest affirmation of thought they ever gave was, was you are a god, right? And in that journey of understanding what that meant, right, um, was, has been a lifelong journey. Right. And through different phases of my life, different mental developments, it means something different to me through each phase. But it has been the backbone of self belief that has stirred me along the path of believing that, you know, the impossible is possible. Right. So no matter the times I got in trouble, right. I always thought that, no, but I'm a God. I can get myself out of it. Right. I always took that level of accountability over my reality. Right. And so also like just that grooming process of being young in a black Muslim household, we were just taught about who the devil was and who God was. So I was never surprised about what I see in the world. Right. Because we was taught about the ills of society. Right. So as a young man, even in the streets. Right. When I see, you know, the police do something, when I see cats in the street do something, I understand the mentality of where both sides come from. Right. It's like understanding the snake nature. And if it bites you. Right. You don't get mad at the snake. That's just his nature. He didn't do nothing to you personally, and so understanding the nature of this world gives you the ability to deal with this world, right? And so for me, me understanding, you know, that there's many young black men and many young males who don't know what it's like to, you know, uh, have, let's say, you know, a role model in their life, a father in their life, some knowledge of self in their life, right? I wanted to make sure that those are the keys that I give out, you know, because I believe we live in a world that is underfathered. You understand me? And so that lack of that means that there's a lot of people who don't get that ability to truly develop themselves with the right energies around. You understand me? And so I just kind of participate in that whole reality that, you know, if you have a gift, a talent, a skill, a know-how, or something to do, you have to utilize that in some capacity to add to the world, right, and some measurement of good.
0: I think about um, just education in general, and I'm curious to know your views on that. I don't know. Did you go to college?
2: I went to one year of college. I dropped out. I ended up catching a case. Not because, not during college, but I was accused of something and then I beat the case. I was accused of an assault, right? I ended up beating that case and then I never ended up going back to college.
0: So, what are your views on education? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, we're all, I think from an early age, we're primed to believe that um, going to college is. Is going to set you up for success. Mm. That it's guaranteed to set you up for success, and mm. we all know that it really sets you up for extreme debt. <laughs> <Facts.
1: laughs> sets you up to work for work for the man. <laughs> um,
0: I mean, granted, I think there's benefits in, in 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 education. I think now we live in a in a world where education is a lot more um, accessible. You can learn really and get really specific about what you actually care about now. But what are your views on? I mean, I, I'm assuming you're not really. For college or am I
2: wrong well it depends right I think it's not as general and shouldn't be used as loosely as it always has right like of course I'm pro-education I believe learning right I'm pro-learning I'm pro-knowledge right pro-self-development you can't get that without being educated right if you look at the way that all people have built their wealth it has been through education right And so, you know, whether that's Asian, Jewish, white, Hispanic culture, whoever it is, right, education is a primary backbone in that process of their standards towards wealth, right? So you can't get rid of education because the people who don't know nothing can't do nothing, right? And so even when you look at any neighborhood in America, it's the low education that, you know, decreases their opportunities and the outcome of their life, right? And so that's the environment. So I'm definitely pro-education when it comes to college, and even the public school system, I think that that's where all of that needs to be reformed and all thinking around that needs to change. There are many elements about the public education system that is just a complete scam, right? For those who believe that it does anything else but to make you a worker of somebody else that, you know, has a job. It is meant to prepare you for the workforce, right, as human capital. It's not meant to make you smart, not meant to make you to you know uh, industry thinker, not meant to make you a genius, brilliant to develop those aspects of yourself that allow you to flourish, uh, to flourish, and to live in purpose. That thing that people chase after they go through college and education, and they're in debt, and they still don't feel like they purpose, right? They're living within a purpose, and they don't have drive towards the things that they learned at all, right? And so, you know, I heard Robert Smith say that sixty percent of black wealth goes towards you know college debt. Right. And so when you think about just that staggering figure within itself, it has to be a scam. Right. If that's not what got us out of the condition and we're spending all of this money and 60 percent of black wealth is being poured into debt. Where would that money have been? Right. If we utilize an alternative system, developing skill sets and finding a, a correct division towards education. But because so many parents try to live their failures, right and they try to pass that off onto their children to be the first one who graduate from school, first one graduate from college, get this, increase your opportunities for success. They never gave them any other routes. route right? and so, you know, a low-level thinker is always going to find only one solution to a problem. A high-level thinker has multiple solutions to a problem. So now we live in a today where we have more access than any other generation ever to exist. Right. So you can learn off the Internet. You can learn from artificial intelligence. You can learn from peers. You can learn from so many different people to get direct skills that can help you live the type of life that you want. Rather than have to go through a slew of courses. Right. Pay thousands and thousands of dollars and not use probably 10 percent of that information in real life.
0: I totally agree. I also agree that we we are in the age of so much information and it's not even really being used. I mean, I think because a our the attention span is non-existent. Absolutely. And and B, there's just so much distraction that's like muddled in all the information by design. Mm-hmm. So that it's like, oh, that's cool. That's interesting. Oh, but wait, let me see this over here. And these just, you kind of go back and forth and back and forth and you spend so much time wasting time mm-hmm. that it, it is wild to know that there is literally, you can do anything you want. <laughs> the YouTube university is a real fucking thing. Like, I've learned so much just from hey, listening to podcasts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you, now you don't even have to read books. You can just listen to them. That's a fact. Like, there's so many. There's They've simplified everything, and yet there's still such, a, like, a lack in, in, in education.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's mental exhaustion is a real thing. We got a, a thing where everybody has access to the information, but most people don't know how to think, right? Like, you can if you get a smart man, right, a phone, the internet, he's going to do smart things with it. You give a person that's low education and they're considered to be unintelligent and dumb, they're going to do dumb things with it because they only have the option of their resources, which is their mind, right? That's what they know what to do with it. So there's always going to be some people who use things intelligently and some people who use things ignorantly, right? And so they don't mind giving tools to a society when they already know their education levels. We didn't teach y'all nothing in school. This ain't dangerous to give y'all this. Right. Just look at how you, you go get this phone and you go dance with it. You're not going to put out no message. You're not going to do anything that matters to the world or the system. And if you do, we just go change the rules, go de-platform, demonetize you, de-boost you. So we just go, you know, squash any threats to what we feel like should be the society. So who are the gatekeepers, the most successful people? Those people that have the control over the algorithms and social media and the platforms and those in positions of power and those who already come from families of power who, you know, it, it, it becomes less about the education, and more about the network. Right. And so, you know, you can be smart as you want to. You don't know the right people. You can't do nothing. But now we're at this point where possibly you still can because you got the Internet. So you see people who are able to build themselves up to where they can become the most talked about subject in the world, possibly. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people who are stopped from becoming those subjects because they make sure that, no, that was about to go viral. Let's let's kill that. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't want that to be the primary talk of the town. So it's a dangerous society where, you know, you're not really free to grow. Right. And so you got to learn how to play the game. The game ain't taught how to be played in school. It's not. They don't tell you how to do your taxes. They don't tell you how to do credit. They don't tell you how to build a business. They don't tell you how to utilize social media. They don't tell you how to think. They don't tell you what type of thinker you are. Right? Well, they <laughs>
1: tell you how to think, and they tell you how to not think freely. Well, that, or positively.
0: Well, that's know? not
2: thinking. That's, like, most of it is memorization.
0: Right. I was listening uh, to an episode you had on your show, and um, they were you were talking about how even the most, like, gifted young um, black Women, girls, or boys—often when when they're when they're exposed, essentially, then they're then taken from Absolutely. the community and yeah. put into these white schools, yeah. and and they're sent to these white colleges, and then kind of used as a tool to keep the, the machine going. And I was like, whoa, I never even like considered that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so true because even as genius. As that young boy or girl may be, they don't have the wherewithal or the education to know that that they can use that and bring it back to the mm-hmm. community. It's almost like they're trained to seek the validation in in whiteness. Well,
1: mm-hmm. that's like the whole system, right? Like everything. But I never
0: realized, like the, I, I mean, I, obviously that. But it's like to really think about the isolation and to take them from the community and then put them in, go to Stanford, go to Yale you know where you're the where you're going to experience being the minority but also celebrated because you're the minority and you're smart so it's like this mind fuck of like well I'm the smartest I'm the smartest one here but I'm also like the only one here
1: i think it's it's also like the system's so fucked is because Like when you talk about education and, and, you know, even black people, like you said, like they're like, well, I didn't go to college. I'm going to give this opportunity for my child because this is the system in which we've been given. You're going to go get this higher education and do something with your life. But when the curriculum is feeding the beast and you're not learning the education that supports who you are who your culture is or what your history is then you're just memorizing things that have absolutely nothing to do with you or your community or how to better it in fact you might be a gifted child and you might test high but you are testing high within a system that was not created for you Uh, it was created you know everything we've learned like you know we just asked us where we're from we're from the valley, and I, I've always been one of two or three black kids in every school I went to until I went to college. And that's because I chose to go to HBCU because my parents were like, "I oh, you need to get the fuck out of here. But it's crazy that, like, we push our kids. Well, first of all, we've assimilated to this entire system because this is just, you know, like the the history of America, essentially. But then you learn and you exceed in these systems that were never really created to put you on top. It's only created, like you said, I'll take, I'll remove you, I'll put you with Billy and Joe, and then I'll put you at the top of my company so you can make me $3 million a year, you know? And so if you're not not clear about who you are and how you support your community or your family, you will think that that's the ultimate success story, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just like... You, we have to continuously examine what truly is success for us. Does it look like, you know, Becky down the street? No, because she has she's been that's her that's a system for her that's her education. She her parents are going to put that fucking trust fund aside for her, so she's not like starting from zero. She's starting from a hundred because she has credit. She knows she has inherited a business, and you know, and not to it's just we have to be clear as black people that our systems and our education is completely different. And we have to oftentimes be willing to reject those things and not go to those schools. Even if I am bright, even if I can and go a route that like evolves us in a completely different way.
2: Yeah. That, and you have to be connected to not even the word culture is just so washed down, but you know, an ethnic root, right? Like, You can be black, but what's your ethnicity? What is your values, your belief? What's your religion, right? What is your system? What are your principles, right? What do you take pride in? So, you know, if you're not connected to that and you become separated from that, right, now you think you're better than that, right? Now you're, you're not connected to the issues. Matter of fact, you don't even know them. So you get this intelligence and you're so disconnected to what's happening in the neighborhoods, the hood, black people. Like you can be for humanity, but it's okay to have a singular focus to say I want to focus on black people and those problems, right? The same way, you know, there's some women who just focus on women problems, right? There are gay people focused on nothing but gay people problems. Jewish people, Jewish problems. They only make it seem like there's a problem to be pro-black, mm-hmm. right? And and this idea is like, well, what's the opposite of pro-black? is anti-black. So anti-black is accepted more widely than being pro-black, mm-hmm. right? Anti-black, you can talk about murdering, killing, robbing each other. You can talk about degradation. You can talk about slinging, you know, fitting all to each other. That's 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 anti-black behavior. Black on right? black crime. Right, but pro-black gets made fun of in media. Pro-black man all of a sudden because those tropes have been perpetuated by those people who own media. Black people didn't create those tropes, but we perpetuate them.
0: Well, I think about the 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 term or the uh, the um I guess yeah, the term or the identity of a hotep, right? Because right. you know, that's that's always comes up in on the internet and amongst, amongst black women, they'd be like, oh what? shit, there, there's a hotel thing. They're like, oh Lord, he about to come over here and talk about good morning, queen
1: what?
2: or
0: grand <laughs> rising. And you know, I've had to check myself because I've, I've received it from certain people where I'm like, okay, this feels genuine. And then there's other people where I'm like, eh, please. It's like, mm, I don't, no. And, but I think that we are so not used to even talking to each other. In a positive way and all. greeting each other in that way that it feels facetious. But well, what, feels...
2: what we learned that from though, like if you first seen that in a movie first, you first seen that on a TV show. It didn't. It wasn't never just a natural thought to you. You heard somebody else say it, so then you learned that's how I'm gonna treat this person. It wasn't a natural thought that if a person treats you nice, then they corny. You know what I'm saying? Like the Urkel's of the world, they I don't corny even know for if it's being the smart. nice,
0: It's the certain words. I, it's right, a certain word and because and, and of the language and the certain words that I guess trigger certain women, I think, because there's black men that have, especially with black women, that have uh, presented themselves in one way and then treated them another way.
2: But men who said good morning and have been toxic as well. That's, that's so true. there's <laughs> been way more men that have said good morning and were more toxic than the people that you can count that have said good rising. You understand me, so you you can't vilify a couple of words when your whole life people have been telling you "good morning." If you've had bad incidents with them,
1: no, I agree. You can't write off. We learned we it. learned
2: "good morning" shit from the white man. You
1: can't you can't <laughs> and write off the entire community based on like <laughs> some sour <Jeez>. apples. However, <laughs> I will say just from like person. Well, first of all, both my parents from Philly a lot of black muslims in philly yeah shout out to philly shout out to philly i have a lot of cousins a lot of relatives even Uh me like i think
2: let's get to it come on jamila (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I, i i i have like even i like in my in my even growing up in the valley in white spaces i got early the the my blackness I was aware of it. I knew very early I was going to HBCU. Both my parents went to HBCUs. My grandparents went to HBCUs. My aunt, my uncle. Like, having pride in being black was very important. And, like, Malcolm X was, like, one of the first books I was it was mandated for me to read in my household. I think for women, or for me, let me say personally, my not my issue but my sometimes when i have written off certain people or i've assumed that is that i've had experience is with men who identify as i'm a muslim man and i'm and i only want to be with a virtuous woman and i'm and maybe they're highly educated and they know how to talk and they are charming and they are coming off as religious in ways and and educated and they use that same power to manipulate, which is my problem with a lot of religions in general. And we see that in Christianity. The pastors be doing all types of shit and, and, and stealing and fucking and all these shady things that are unchristian or unholy. And I mean, and I say this across the board, like I'm not into hypocrites, you know, but I think women sometimes get a bad taste in their mouth because in certain religions, and like most of them, honestly, the patriarchy excuses behavior that's not of the word or of, of the study in which you follow. And then they use it as a, as a tool to shame and belittle women. And so it, immediately when you see a man and he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a good Muslim man and good morning queen. And you're like, uh-uh, I, I've been got before. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I'll be the first to say, I, I have been got <laughs> by someone who, you know, s- s- represents himself as in a certain way. And then lo and behold, and that's my fault because I know better you peel back some layers and it's like, Oh, you're just as unhealed as a lot of these other men, but you are covering it in this religion and this cloth. And that I think puts a bad taste in people's mouth. And I don't disagree that we get like the, the also how we, like you said, if like we watch media that is continuously feeding us negative imagery about ourselves, we are going to begin to hate ourselves and Let's face it, America has intentionally built its whole shit on making black people not know who they are and hate themselves and in turn hate each other and not, you know, seek to know our true essence and our true nature and our true, you know, culture and our true religion and where we came from. But I just I think. I th- that is my issue with <laughs> the hoteps that I have come across. Well, I mean,
2: I don't, you know, the word hotep is, you know, that's, that's it's a false classification. Hotep just means live in peace, right? right? Right. But to be at peace, rather. But,
1: in the urban dictionary, what version. you
2: explained was more so just, you know, your personal experiences from the environments and relationships you had, right? It have nothing to do with the origins of how black people create this you know, propaganda against consciousness mm-hmm. or intelligence. That's not where that stems from. It does not stem from personal relationships. It stems from the media, right? And this is how we justify it because of our experiences that we add on top of that. Then we stigmatize it, mm-hmm. right? But that's not the reality of where it stems from. The stem is that it comes from somebody else throwing a program and a wrench in that, saying that, no, anytime that a black Muslim or someone conscious is portrayed, make them be portrayed corny. Right. right, make them be betrayed, you know, like whether it's in Boys to Men, whether it was Damon Wayne's making fun, it was make them be or Urkel making fun of the intelligent. Right, always make them betrayed that way, and always make the criminal or the so called gangster be the cool one, be
1: glorified. Right,
2: the glorified, the one that all the women want. That was not something that came from a personal experience, that was something that came from propaganda. Right. So most of us, when you really think about the root of your programming, the way you think about things now, it's not your thinking. Right. It's thinking that it was given to you. And so there's something that has to go away from that, because you can go into Muslim countries, Christian countries, everybody gonna have the same experience that you just said. Right. Right. Fakes. Right. Whether you are in, you know, because we live in America and there's so many different religions, you blame that religion. Right. You blame Right. That person in their background. But if you're in a whole Muslim country, that's just a bad apple. Right. Right. If you're in a whole Christian country, that's just a bad Christian. Right. But because there's so many different religions, No, nah, that's the Muslims. That's the Christians. No, that's that, Nick. That's a right, right. Right. So I think that we overgeneralize based on our personal experiences. Right. And so we don't really think about, you know, that's just, that's my environment. And so same idea that there's no true black on black crime. It's just proximity right there was that's who he had to rob because that was the closest person who had money to him Right, that's who he got into it with that they didn't couldn't solve the conflict he shot that person right he wasn't particularly just seeking a black person but he don't live next to white people right and so therefore it looks like it's it's self-hate but it's really environment right right and so it's kind of learning how to see outside of that box right but now it's be played so well right that you know the world like the world is screaming for, I believe, right. And my thesis is, you know, on two thousand twenty-two one. Everybody talking about masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. and toxicity, <laughs> but the reality of it is, if you if you really look at it, I just think that they didn't know how to ask for what was the solution. Only, only people knew how to talk about what was the problem. Right. right? That's what most people know is just the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is toxic masculinity. That's not what. That's not what you're saying right no it's the lack of fathers it's the lack of masculinity in the household that's why children are decreasing in you know opportunities and end up criminals and right women who are without a father in the household end up being more promiscuous that's just a fact it's not Something I came up with. Is that a fact? It's a fact.
1: Women who had grow up without fathers are, tend to be more promiscuous.
2: That is a statistical fact. Now you can look it up. now. am curious uh, but, how they but,
1: know this. Well, you, they <laughs> you do studies. Them and ask them how many people they
2: fucked. Or well, yes, people are pretty honest. They do studies <laughs> along with people, and then they do you know surveys, and then they figure these things out, and they do them year to year to figure these things out. But it was more so based upon the fact that. If you take a two parent household, that child has, you know, a greater chance of, you know, being healthy, right, and possibly successful and normal. Versus a single mom household, they have a decreased opportunity versus if that child was with their father. Right? So that child living with their father has the same opportunity as that child growing up in a two parent household. Really? Yes. So, versus huh? so if that child has parent, a single so, mother. So the- Wait, whoa, whoa. Talk All to right.
1: me I need to see the studies I need too. to see the studies <laughs>
2: The world got daddy I'm issues i gonna need
1: the bibliography on this Hold one Hold on <laughs> Let's just talk about <laughs> it I think
2: we can, we can understand it logically oh,
0: I, I, I'm curious I mean I Listen You're talking to two single single black mothers uh-huh. um, Who I of course More than anything I wish I could have I wish my me and my partner Could have stayed together and could have worked it out Unfortunately That just wasn't conducive To either one of our happiness um, uh-huh. So You you're telling me that my daughter living with her father is is statistically she's, statistically she's in a better position of or basically going to grow up with this. I with this, I guess, um, masculine. No, no, no. It's it's the two parent household. Right. Like so a, a, a child who grows up with her father has um, is basically um,
1: has as much of a chance as if they grew up in, in a, a two parent household versus just the mother. Correct. I beg to differ.
0: I feel like most women. There's a level of nurturing that isn't that isn't going to be present. There's a level of, I just feel like emotional intelligence that is not going to be present. And and not to say that men are not emotionally intelligent because I think that there are men that are, um, but there's a lot of men that are emotionally inept. And I think that women generally are a little more um, mature. And yes, this I believe that two parent home is ideal. Mm-hmm. That is that is ideal. I, I I want that. If I ever have another child, absolutely. That is that is my hope and prayer. But I'm not going to stay in a relationship that doesn't serve me or or the family. You know? So I'm just curious how the father takes on
1: this role of the two parents. Better than maybe just the mother. Yeah,
2: yeah well you gotta look at what the child needs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like specifically let's say for a boy first, right? You know, a boy does not want to become his mother, right? So, therefore, a boy going to naturally rebel against his mother because that's not who he wants to be. So, your thoughts are not my thoughts as a man. I don't think like you. So, the way you'll go about solving a problem, thinking about things, is not how I'm going to. If I take on your thinking, I'm going to take on feminine thinking. That's not my first mind. So, I'm naturally going to rebel against the things that you say because I don't want to become you. A child wants to become their father, right? The son a wants son. to become mm-hmm. their father. That's what you look up to right in that household but you if can't
0: their father isn't a good but that's man, now
2: you, you're talking about a completely different dynamic we're just talking about a father right so uh, a young even when a father's not a good man their young boy still wants to know their father they need to know what's inside them it's, it's actually very important absolutely a, a father is like a mountain for a child right the child gets to a point where you know you cross that mountain where you reach the top and you went further than your father Right. And that's the, the the journey of every child. Right. That's your hero. Even for young girls, their hero is their father. Right. That's the one that's going out in the world. They can't wait for their father to come back home, to teach them, to protect them, to console them. Right. And when as a young boy, if you looking up to your father, whether you think he's a good man or not, the child don't know that. The child don't know the difference between a father being moral or immoral. They just know that that's their father. Right. And so they need something for their father. They need that comforting. They need that protection. But right. If
0: they don't get that. Then what?
2: Then they start to seek it outside the house. They can't get that in the mom. They're still going to miss that. And they're going to miss that masculine energy. So what a lot of men join gangs, a lot of men get into groups. Right. They start to seek that in so many different ways of that masculine comfort. Right. Same thing with young women. They seek that in men. <laughs> They didn't have their father. So that's where the promiscuity starts to permit. Right. But a father is a guiding force. Right. It's that strong voice that you have. Right. And so even oftentimes when a child, even if the father is not or the man is not good, a child doesn't see that, doesn't know that. All he knows is that that's what they want. Their father. You have an idea of who your father is and you want your father to uphold that idea. Right and when you look at society Until today does
0: it and they grow up and then they have
2: well, that's not all fathers like black men are in their children's lives more than any other men and spend more time with their children than any other men right that's just that's a known fact right there are many great black fathers, and the problem is is that is black fatherhood is not heralded at all black fatherhood is, is is known as like an enemy that's the baby daddy right. And so instead, without being celebrated, you have all these people with daddy issues. They never get over it, ever, right? And they go their whole life not even knowing that their perspective, their ideology, their philosophies, their ways, their emotions, right, have never been dealt with. Shout out to Kendrick. He made that beautiful song, Daddy Issues, right? Men don't know how to become men, right? Because they never had a father in their household that taught them how to deal with those emotions. Wait a minute, son. This is how you go through this process.
0: So... So for the so for the women that uh, are single moms that have boys, I mean, Mm -hmm. this is something that, you know, I think is also is important. And I've and I've and I've shared this, too, is I think how important it is. Say your father is doesn't want to be in the picture. Mm -hmm. Say That father has passed away Mm -hmm. Um, is, in your opinion, a um, a second runner up would be for that woman to make sure that that son has positive male figures in his life is that enough is that enough
2: i don't think anything can absolutely replace a biological father that that just the normality of having a biological father you come from that like part of you is him that's that's the essence right so that's who you are so there's like things about your father that even his flaws you have to know about so you can overcome them Right like he let's say that he was addicted to drugs You need to know that you might smoke weed not knowing that this is an addiction that you got from him Right so learning your father allows you to go above Right you look at your father and this is the mountain that you must climb This is the peak that you must go over you you like a father spoiling his child is not good A father is supposed to give that child the opportunity to grow and develop Right. And you don't, you know, grow your child or your sons, particularly um, in fear, because some fathers do that. They don't want them sons to be better than you. You're supposed to grow your son not to be like you, but to be better than you. That's the journey of a good father right now. If a you know, you don't have a father in the household not there, whatever reason that child. Like I said, it's no way to just replace that. Like you can't replace a mother. Right. Completely like that biological mother, that biological essence. We have an attachment to that regardless. But now having that masculine energy or that feminine energy can be replaced. Right. So a good, you know, mentor or role model or, you know, back in the day, it wasn't just single homes. This was communities. Right. So there were many men that were helping raise that child. Many women that were helping raise that child. You can go to elders. Nowadays, we just don't have that. Right, we have a lot of household where there's a singular authority, and then that child has to rebel against that or listen to that.
0: Are you a proponent of of women like sticking it out, like sticking it through, like just all the perils of relationship? Like, I'm curious. Like, at what point all the perils it,
2: is it? At what point? <laughs> it's a lot of besides,
1: <laughs> At what point? Like, what is a good enough reason? No, I I think. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. I think. The, like not the issue, but I think just like we talk about language and programming and the society in which we live in, because we're women and we're single moms and and we talked about this like I think for women, when there comes a time like maybe you have a kid with someone and it it's not working out for whatever reasons, mm-hmm. I believe heavily that like especially for black women the the stigma of being a single black mom is so heavy is that a lot of times we are conditioned as women that I'm going to stick this out for my fam for this family unit so that I can give my child this two parent home because this is the epitome. Like this is the success of, you know, like a black family. And I think it sometimes using that, like obviously yes, if if I could, if in a, in a perfect world we would be with those people and everything would be, you know, hunky dory family matters. But if we are not being like the language that we use around that, it has to be like, I don't think men feel that way. If a man is, has a baby with someone and it's not working out, they are like, all right, it's not working out. I'm out. But the, the, the levels that women like the the stigma that women feel the disappointment that women feel about leave like tearing your family apart is is sometimes so deeply ingrained in us that i know so many women i've witnessed women stay in situations and relationships that do not serve them and a lot of times if it's not serving you it's not serving your child So it's not serving the the bigger picture because your child feels all of that shit. You know, you can't hide like children have the highest emotional intelligence because they're closer to source. So if you like if you're sticking it out to be in a relationship because you think that I'm going to beat this stigma, that is not always the programming we should be giving, giving like moms and women because Yes, I think it's in our nature to try and make that shit work because as black women, we've seen so often in the media, you know, like... The, this the baby mama stigma. I'm gonna be on welfare, I'm gonna be broke. It's like this saving Isaiah. I always make this example because it sticks out of my head as a child of fucking Holly Berry, like strung out and fighting for losing her.
2: Isaiah. right? Losing okay. Isaiah. I'm sorry, I'm
1: fucking the, the movie up, <laughs> but it, it, it stuck with me. And I and even I saw my mom stay with my dad for years, they were together for years, not emotionally evolved enough to be in a relationship. And, and, and granted, they did, and I'm fine, I think I'm in therapy, but like that was one of the biggest thing in my relationships when i saw that that person my you know my child's father wasn't growing at the same rate as me and i wasn't growing and it wasn't productive for Either of us, or for my child, I made the best decision for me to walk away because I saw my mom not walk away and evolve to a complete person. I mean, she's a complete person, but like it took time, you know, after the fact. So I just think like we have to be careful of the language we use around it because women will settle into that and fight so hard for a relationship and for a family structure that may not really be the best for that child because it's not, it's not healthy. And you know, I'm in a new relationship and i've grown i had a baby when i was 26 and i was a baby and i there were things that i was totally unaware of that i should be checking off a list of having a child with someone but now being in a healthy relationship in a mature relationship where i'm where we're, we're clear about our family structure and that we're breaking generational you know traumas and things that didn't work out in our in our like in our personal you know family dynamics and we're changing that actively i, I understand completely like a healthy relationship has made me like being a mother easier. It's right. made me be a better mother because I have support in a healthy way. But I've also been in a relationship where it, dra- it drained me and I was no, like a skeleton of a, of, the, of the version of myself that I am now. And so I just like, I want to always like be clear to women that are listening or reading or whatever. Like you don't have like, Being in an unhealthy relationship with your partner, even if it is your child's father, if it does not serve either of you and you cannot get past that, it is not, like, necessarily healthy to try and, like, make it work.
2: Yeah, now, see, I think you said something key on the second part of what you're explaining. You found a healthy relationship dynamic that works for you, right? right? But I was explaining in the first beginning of what works, right? right? Now, how you make it work, that's up to you. But what works is a healthy dynamic, right, of a two-parent household. Right. Where, you know, that child gets to participate in the development with masculine and feminine getting along and helping that child be reared and developed. Right. And so that's the whole entire key. Right. right? Because you just explain what works right now. The problem that those other things didn't work because, you know, they weren't healthy. They weren't right. Right. And then that's because of a cycle of things that weren't right before. Both of you are. Right. Right. And so what we're talking about is how do you break the cycle? Right. Right. So we talk about creating healthy dynamics before children. Right. That, you know, what is the expectation of being a husband? What is the expectation of being a wife? What is the expectation of being a mother? What's the expectation of being a father? Right. We're not talking about just passionate love and romanticism. We're talking about the duty that both people are going into. Right. What's the long term vision and the expectation that child is going to have to live in. Right. That reality that you all create for them with that lack of conversation that you didn't have the maturity of picking the wrong people or being together at the wrong time. That's not the child's fault that the dynamic was that between their parents, but they have to live through that. And the consequences are their development because that's their environment. So that produces their outcome partially of who they are if they don't have the grit to be able to get over that. Or right? if you don't
1: choose that, if you don't recognize, like, mm-hmm. hey, we maybe made an early decision that we weren't really mature enough to make. And now the best healthy thing is for us to move move away from each other and do this in a co-parenting and healthy right. space. Right. And
2: the co-parenting is the super key because the other side of that, you know, you got the whole the baby mama drama you know, baby daddy drama. That's the issue because the child suffers the most. Absolutely. Right. The mother that hates the father, that child suffers the most. The father that hates the mother, that child suffers. So your hate against this child's father or your hate against this child mother, who suffers? The child. Right. You can't have parents who hate each other. They go feel that because that hate produced me. Right. It so how y'all that. go? Yeah. Like, it has to be an aspect of you that treat that person with love because you love me. So that's respecting the child first and foremost. Right. And so without that dynamic, that child doesn't get to see that. Right. Those moments that you think the child may not know that is there's a lot of unconscious rooted seeds that get planted in that child's development. Right. They may never say anything. It may just be a part of them as they grow up. There's a lot of mother who may, you know, father out the household may verbally talk about that man like he ain't shit. Now that boy never wants to become that man. Right. But he doesn't realize that he doesn't know he don't want to become a man. Right. Not just his father. Right? Because that's the way she spoke about men. Mm. So now you don't even want to become masculine because it just sounded so toxic. Right. right? And so, you know, same thing with the father. Do your mom ain't shit. She don't know this. So now she's not developing healthily, right? Because of y'all dynamics. So who gets the worst end of that is always the child, right? So what I was just explaining is the same thing a doctor would explain. What's the remedy, right? What works and what doesn't work? I don't personalize anything I talk about. I just look at the high-level overview. Like, these are the, the, the science, this, the facts, these the statistics, this is what will work. Then we have our personal feelings towards things because of our experiences. So we go look at it and perceive it based on that, but no, let's just look at the plain facts, right? Like, a child would love to be in a healthy relationship and hope that their parents made the right decision to find the right person before they were made. So that they get the opportunity of growing up in a healthy dynamic,
1: are you a product of a healthy dynamic? No are your parents still together?
2: no no so, how do so, you, so i've so seen I've seen both sides, you know, um I was with my mother more than I was with my father. I had to look at my parents as human beings,
1: right
2: right you know, so like I speak a lot of things from experience, right. I learned as an adult to understand my parents to not personalize their dynamics because I was able to look at them for who they are, what they went through, what's their background, what they didn't have, what did happen to them, right? And so instead of, you know, me taking anything personal in between or what my mother said about my father, my father said about my mother, I understand why two people would say those things about each other based on who they are, right? So I remember I was young, I, remember how I was in my teens when I read a book about this and it helped me understand the dynamics so well. I was just able to forgive both of them. So I didn't hold that on to either one, right, for them not being together or my father not being there at times that he should have, How right?
0: How old were you when this dynamic changed for you?
2: Um, Early. So, like, I grew up, you know, mostly when I was younger, I grew up more with my father, right? My mother ended up leaving, and I stayed at the house with my pops in Oakland. She went to St. Louis, right? Um, and then, you know, pops ended up going back to St. Louis, so I probably was, like, six five uh, very early right but I was always taught about you know what is the healthy dynamic right but I also always looked up even you know things I heard my mother say about my father I still looked up to my father because I wanted to become a man and I know I came from him right and then I have an older brother and then he would give me game on what that dynamic is right so luckily I had somebody who could still guide and mold me Right. But then I learned a lot from my father as well, where it's like just hearing the stories about my father and the things that he did tell me dropped so many seeds in me that I held on to him. But I think I'm a you know, I I, I think I'm blessed to have great perspective and grit through things. Right. I don't think everybody has that. Some people take things way more personal. Some people, they can go through way less and it affects them way more. So I empathize with that dynamic. Things that make make me better may destroy the next person. Right. But I know that the dynamic would have been way better if my father and my mother had a healthy dynamic.
0: Of course. I mean, right.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, especially with having, they had nine children together.
0: Oh,
1: wow.
2: You did. So, but I understand why those things felt, And, you know, speaking to them both as adults, I, I've heard them have conversations with each other 40 years later that they never had. And so like that communication part of just understanding like them. Y'all both hold on to things, and you've never said the simple things to each other that would have let you understand this whole dynamic that you've had these last 20, 30 years. The stubbornness of adults that believe they're mature, right? (laughs) And all these things that you create, but you still can't communicate that little bit of feeling, yet you raise a child to be emotionally intelligent.
1: Do you think that dynamic, because you're not a dad, right? No, not yet. Do you think that? I'm a
2: father in many ways yeah absolutely sure i got birthed birthed nieces many and nephews <laughs>
1: do ha, did that has that dynamic made you more aware of i mean essentially planting your seed <laughs> <laughs> like prematurely and, and and
2: absolutely yeah and you know one thing i i, I understand you know like you definitely want to make sure you're ready like i've you know i got like i said i got a lot of nieces and nephews so i've seen it not work a lot right, right? i've seen it work so, you know, and I, I've seen the hardships of what the single mother goes through. I've seen the hardships of what the father goes through. I've seen the CPS in the household, right? I've seen the, the, the child support. I've seen what the hate of two people and the dynamic does to that child more so than anything. You know, so when I think about it, I think about being super intentional and where we would have to be at a place in our life because you got to think so far ahead. Your love can be great right now, but how does the dynamic of that child change everything? Because you're going to become a different person once you have a child, right? I'm, You know, as a man, I don't go through physiological changes. I don't go through those things. Mm-hmm. Mine are all mental preparation and readiness. It's a different kind of energy for me to get be ready for different responsibilities than it is for you. You literally, your whole entire body changes, right? So it has to be a mental thing and an empathetic thing that a man goes through. But I know that for a woman to have a child before she's ready, I think it's some of the worst things you could do. You understand me? Because there's going to be regrets within that process, right? It may not come out now, but it may come out in a year later, right? You, you may just, you know, a woman goes through postpartum depression sometimes. She goes through bodily changes. She starts thinking of things she given up, what kind of life she could have lived. She may go through hormonal changes. Now she's mad at you of things that didn't make her mad at first, right? So there's so many different dynamics that go into that, and now we live in different kind of societies today. It's not the same society our parents lived in. They grandparents lived there. W- I don't know if they could make it through the world that we live in today because of the way the world is. So we have to practice new things.
1: And then I think a lot of times, like, people are procreating and, and getting in relationships for survival. And, you know, I, I think it's important. I know we are a, a platform for a lot of moms and a lot of women, and I know we have a lot of listeners who are not moms yet or parents. And as you talk about, like, issues and t- discussing The the things that not with just the issues, but how can we prevent the issue from continuing is like, listen, (laughs) (laughs) love is not enough. Okay. (laughs) Like potential is not always enough. And you are not like waiting is not going to kill you. In fact, it's going to make you so much more happy. And like, that's another thing. Like I even, you know, my daughter goes to the elementary school that I went to down the street, same amount of black people, like a sprinkle. And I'm like, damn, these moms look old. But I'm like, no, bitch, they're smart. <laughs> they got married. They established themselves. And then they met old Johnny and they got and they had a baby at 40. You know what I'm saying? And in our minds, like, that's not necessarily like the image that I saw. Because look at me. I'm like, they're old. I'm like, well, they're white. Eh, but-, <laughs> but-, <laughs> but they probably <laughs> was in their 20. They're the same age as like, wow, you look so young. I'm
2: like, bitch, we are the
1: same age. Um <laughs> but you know like 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 when you think of um just the media and like the black family structure and how often we see a healthy version of that and like you know, it's just like we don't have sitcoms anymore. We have fucking lemon hip hop, you know, bitches mm. are fighting over one ain't shit nigga. <laughs> like, what? You know? And then, you know, women are and men, young men are seeing these images and like, "Oh, I'm going to have me a baby too. I'm going to get me a baller." You know, and not just say like that's everybody's thinking. And I know we're all evolving constantly, but truly had, I mean, and of course, my parents were like, You don't need to have a baby. I was 26, but you think you know everything. But just take it from two bitches who had babies, broke up with people that they thought they were going to spend the rest of their lives with, engaged in love. I, my, I had a baby with my high school sweetheart, and I loved him, and he served a purpose for that portion of my life to that level of a, a like a maturity that I was at that point but I hadn't I wasn't intentional about my own healing I wasn't intentional I'd had hopes and high dreams because it the the idea of it felt good you know like I'm going to break the fa- the black family dynamic and be a unit
2: Man that sounds beautiful to me
1: It does sound beautiful when you've truly went through all like you've truly taken the time to
2: know yourself But I don't think I think you know Or the writer mentality. Also that process of like, you can know yourself early. You can. You can know yourself at 26, at 25. It's unlearning the things you thought that were you, right? right? Because there's so much of the world that gets into the mind that complicates who you think you are, what you think you should be doing, what you think you should experience. And so that can get in the way of the idea of our, like... When our ancestors and our great-grandparents and grandparents lived a simpler life, right, where they decided who they were very early on, it wasn't overcomplicated. You understand me? Hey, I do this job. I live this type of life. I'm going to be with this person. We're going to make it work. Now you insert the city life. You insert the city boys and the city girls. There's too many options. Right, but people are not good at picking options. People are not that smart. People have mental exhaustion. Too many options is where you make bad choices. You understand me? And so the least options, you end up making better choices. Right. And so they're not really options, but they're there. You expose to them. And so you think some of them are good. But not. let's say ninety nine percent of them are poison. But you have so many options. You so happy. But what if you only had one option? And that was the good one. Would that be a better world? Absolutely. So we live in a much more complicated world today where people want all these options, even when ninety nine percent of them are poison or toxic. And we think we live in a more more advanced world. No, we just have more toxic options.
0: So, so what do we do, Keys? Because I know you talk about mental engineering a lot, and um, and also what is it? The the true BWO?
2: Oh yeah, the Black World Order.
0: Black World Order, your like movement. That. Um, these options aren't going anywhere. No. Distractions are not going anywhere, and the the world is moving at a faster pace we're moving into a world where people are putting th- shit on their head and living in altered alternate realities <laughs> and you fact. know ai is a real thing and there's just there's so much detachment happening and so how do what is how do you how do you use this mental engineering to save our people essentially like what is it that you're doing Or what is your, I guess, your your main process and goal, in in getting people back to, I guess, living more simply, is is that the goal? I
2: think it's just living true. You understand me? Living more truthfully, right? People that don't know themselves, they live a lie, right? How can you live the truth if you don't know who you are, right? right? You live all these other things. You thought you live a title. You live perceptions. You live opinions, right? You live what you think you need to be rather than who you are. So it's really teaching people how to reprogram themselves, right? To know who you are. Like above all of those things, like a person can go through an iteration of a hundred things and say, I ain't found my purpose yet. Right? Like that's you done search all the way in the wrong place. Your purpose is always with you. You understand me? And so understanding who you are decreases that amount of journey and process you have to go through to understand the outcome. So what I, I like to teach people, you know, what's the customization of self? Who are you? Knowledge of self. Right. What is your thinking type? What is your personality type? You understand me? Think about where you come from, your, your family dynamic. Think about your intelligence type. How do you think? Think about your background. What are like we not when I say we're not taught how to think. We literally not. Right. We don't really know how to think. We don't know how to go from diversion or conversion thinking where you thinking of multiple solutions versus only one solution. Right. Men are not taught how to deal with women. Women are not taught how to deal with men. We're not taught how to listen to each other. We're not taught how to listen to ourselves. We're not taught about how to deal with the shadow self, that person in the mirror when nobody's there. Right. So without being able to go through that evaluation of self, you don't know what triggers you. Right. Men don't know what make them aggressive. They don't know the triggers of what, what a person makes them feel lonely or a person makes them feel angry or a person makes, you know, give them self-doubt. That's why so many men commit suicide. Black men are at the highest risk of suicide than any other man. Why? They don't have emotional intelligence. They don't know how to deal with these things. and They never taught self-regulation. Same thing with black women. You deal with so many, you know, uh, emotional experiences, but you don't know which one are true. Right. And so we're dealing with the dynamic of just not knowing self. And we're taught to everybody to be skilled on just this general test. Hey, if you a man do this and if you fail, then you're bad. But this man saying, well, this person, their personality or their character, their upbringing makes them more prone to actually agree with this way. This person says that, well, I actually don't agree with that at all, but we're still graded on the same systems. Mm-hmm. Same thing, a child that, you know, you one person goes to school and they like the subject. Right, they get an A in it Another student, they don't like the subject They get a C or a D they, That's not that they're not intelligent, it's not their interest Right, so therefore They're not going to be able to focus as much You call it ADHD, it's just a lack of interest That's not aligned with who I am mm-hmm. Right, so when you start to know yourself You start to get to the core of who you are You start to peel all of that stuff What made me who I am, how do I think Why do I think the way this way Right, so now when I know myself, I can adjust Right, when you go through that motion of healing right cuz it's not just mental engineering we we go through physical optimization as well so you know there's working out right like I always talk about the adversity of working out being in the gym right I have a
0: question before you go to, go to that is go. is um are you mostly focused on men
2: no we have a lot of women in okay, there I was curious. a I lot was of women if
0: it's mostly focused no on it's a face. lot of
2: women women ask the most questions all right women are are definitely in this space where you know they they're working to develop themselves Right. Because a lot of women are gaining material success, but not spiritually successful. Right. A lot of women are finding capital, but they they're not happy They're not finding joy. Right. And so it's one thing to understand and get a college degree and say we're the most educated. But are you the most happy? Right. Are you the most satisfied? Right? Are you living a joyful, abundance life in that quality? Can you brag on that? Really? Do you
0: find that, or do you think that that is because women generally are masculine, and they're no. not really able to tap into their softness?
2: I don't think women generally are masculine. I think women develop masculine thinking.
0: Well, okay, yes, that's okay. Women that's generally not, are. I don't feminine. think yes. I don't think by nature we are masculine, but I would say in this day and age, in this capitalist society, especially with women being at the forefront of starting the most businesses and now not being in the not taking care of the household being out of that being out of the household we are walking into spaces where we have to we have to put on this mask of masculinity in ways to be respected or at least that's what we think um even single parents single moms having to take on both roles right and having to you know figure it the fuck out and so i'm just curious like do you think that you know that the soft woman is i guess do you think that there is a lack of soft women in this world and that is in that is a result of i guess the spaces that men have created for us
2: i think there's a lack of masculine men in this world that's making women masculine i agree all right and so like so just look at the dynamic. everybody always talk about women being the most highly educated, creating the most businesses, things of that nature. Well, what happened to the men? like what happened? right like because when you celebrate one, you have to say, well, why aren't these numbers growing over here? So that means that something is happening to these men where they're not developing as well. Right. So while one thing is being propped up, nobody's looking at the other side and saying something is happening no, with masculinity. That's the sure. system. That's the sure. issue. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that conversation has to understand that these dynamics are married to each other. Mm-hmm. One is happening because of the other. Right. It's not just that one is better. Like these men are getting destroyed.
0: So women are be becoming successful by design.
2: I mean, everything in America is by design, isn't it? We live in a system.
0: So you think it's by design? then? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Right? Like, once you destroy a family dynamic, once you destroy, like, come on, what we've been going through in the last few years is black men getting murdered in the street. Right? And then all of these movements have been built off black men's death. The only person that don't benefit from it is the black man. Right? There's there's, there's no movement about, yo, black men need more space. Black men need this, that, and the third. Even though we have the worst statistics out of anybody in America, From all categories except suicide. And that's because white men beat us there. But when it comes to, you know, finances, when it comes to education, when it comes to cancers, when it comes to prison, when it comes to gun violence, when it comes to every other spectrum. There ain't no movements of empathy that's out there broadly. There's no corporations that's plastering that around saying we need to fight for that and make space. Right. But then there's a celebration for everybody else who's not going through those numbers and saying, well, let's just take a look at them. So it's kind of like an aha in your face. Mm. So it's making it worse. Not only is these brothers already going through stress. Now we're bragging about the fact that we're making success because of the fact that you all are failing right now because you are at war. Who you at war with? What's the root cause of this? Right. And so the destruction of the family dynamic, the destruction of that masculine man is, of course, going to create a cycle. Right. This is, has to happen by design then. So I feel like, you know, it's a it's a. A thing where we have to be empathetic and we have to really observe and listen and look at each other. The 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 beauty of women being able to enjoy success is amazing. When you take a high-level look at it and you say, okay, well, what happened before this? We all know what happened. We was all fighting in the 60s and 70s, 80s and the 90s. We was all talking about the crack epidemic. We was all talking about the prison population. And all of a sudden, well, black women are successful now. Right. It's like, bro, you don't think all of this is connected? We talk about the 500 years of slavery, but that's not connected to the outcome of today.
1: What is the benefit of black women being educated and successful? I mean, like, w- prior to this, like, I, all those things are true. Like, the crack em- ep- epidemic, the, 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 you know, pipeline, like, the prison system. But, like, if, the, if it's by design, what are, they, what are their hopes if, if, if black women are excelling, sol- like, alone? Breaking the family dynamic. I mean, the, yeah, the, the family, the dynamics family been dynamic been broken. That's been.
0: But they they got. They mastered the, that. Then the woman is removed from the home. Right. If you oh, go to masculine. yeah, masculine. masculine.
2: Go to any country right now in the world. You want to break up the dynamic. Go educate the women. Mm.
1: So what? So, do so we you think so should so, 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 so we not be educated? <laughs> but
2: look at the type of education they get into. It's not an education at works that makes the dynamic work. It's an education that takes them away and put them into the workforce for the government for more folks like why why that's c- not always true but but but, not but true. well where has it not worked where has that dynamic i'm just anywhere saying, on the planet women that in history are
0: successful and do not work in the government i'm not that are out we're house. not all working
2: in the government but you're paying more taxes that's working for the government well,
1: essentially if your business is you, you understand me
2: everybody works for the government whether you want to or not if you got to pay taxes you work for the government by birth You (laughs) dig? So you can't get away from that dynamic. But I know for a fact that the most dangerous thing in the world would be for black men and women to get along.
1: Absolutely. So
2: of course anything that we can do to make sure that doesn't happen, right, will be implemented. Because once that happened and y'all focus and y'all work together, if black women are as beautiful as you are, as powerful, imagine if y'all working with us and with our ideas and we building our own world. Man, we can't have that. Take over fast.
1: I have a question because we know the the devil of the world that we exist in. Do you have and, and because of your your thoughts and, and the message that you push by promoting, you know, like unity within our our culture, like have in our community, have you experienced just like I don't know how to call it the ops? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, have you experienced your message is not. Are you a target? Yeah.
2: I'm Are am safe? Su- I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> you know i think that where's and, your security 19 shit a is my security you understand me like like i said i was grown for this so you know this is the only thing i know like i only know speaking the truth i only know thinking in this manner like this is what i've seen growing up my whole life right so if i'm gonna gain intelligence then i'm gonna gain it to solve the problems that i grew up with that affect me the most if i didn't grow up in a, a dynamic of a household that wasn't healthy then why wouldn't i utilize my mind to try to solve that Right right, like if if we have the most healthy intelligent people, the most successful, educated women, and all these people getting as successful, how do we take that back and, and and now figure out how to change the dynamics that created these cycles that we don't agree with? if we're that good and that intelligent and we're better and we getting that much money, then how come we're not taking those things and pouring those resources into changing our dynamic?
1: Um, are you in a relationship or are you married or I'm in
2: a relationship yeah.
1: So how long have you guys been? How you been along? How uh, long have you been in a relationship? Two years. So how how do you date as a as a as a man that is intentional about how you start a family and with who, and like for men that are listening and women that are listening and you know are, are looking for sacred you know partnerships and healthy relationships? What are some of the like what are the things that you look for in a partner or have looked for in order to like start? Essentially, planting the seeds and the fun, the fundamentals of building a family for yourself.
2: Uh, I would think first, alignment, right? Like, And I think it takes time before you find true alignment and know it's a process, right? Like, you know, believing in the same God, right? Um, having a healthy masculine and feminine dynamic, you understand me? Both having an understanding of knowledge of self, knowing each other, having both having that internal self-love without each other. Right right? Um, Going through that journey of healing, going through that journey of what is our vision for each other's futures, our futures together, and going through that process of planning. And of course, before the child, right? And so like, it's just a whole journey of aligning, right? Your ethnic background, right? So if you all can come in an alignment, I think you have a long future together. But if you don't go through Enough journey with each other And enough alignment Right Then you're going to find out Inside the relationship Inside the marriage Like damn We didn't talk about this Or we didn't get to this part Or I never told you this about me Or I didn't share this Right So I feel like You know When you're in any relationship It's a lifelong journey Of aligning with each other And communicating with each other And listening to each other And relearning each other And having the uncomfortable conversations Because it's like You go through trials and tribulations And that adversity Is what makes you all Worth it for each other you understand me? Like, I think the idea of the belief of it's just, you know, you know, um, good selling from on here out and everything's going to be in this romantic phase forever. I think that's the delusion that people live in. But like the idea of, yo, you know, are we willing to talk with each other and help each other grow in those areas that we know we're going to need? Are we going to be patient with each other? Right. And then not. Not. And understanding, like you talked about, understanding that if you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, you don't stay just for the sake of staying. Stay because y'all still aligned. Right. Stay because maybe I want to quit because, you know, you don't feel like working this thing out or that's a part of yourself you don't feel like dealing with. Right. Right. But is it really that? Right. Like or maybe like if you go through that, what can you get on the other side? Right. If you look at any successful relationship, it's because they went through all of that. Right. It's not because everything was just peaches and nice. They went through all of the goddamn arguments. They done went through all of the learning. They went through all of the crying. They went through all of those moments where they had to console. They have to communicate. They have to relearn. They have to figure out better ways to work and know each other. They grow and mature. The dynamics change. Like, you know, committing to be in any relationship, whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a family relationship. You're going to go through peaks, valleys, up and downs. You know what I'm saying? It's like a life sign. That shit just moving up and down. You don't just get that shit smooth sailing. So for me, it's about going through a journey of alignment.
1: How do you think, like, professional women like ourselves maintain our softness while also being entrepreneurs and business owners and, you know, and for women who are, you know, want to essentially be wives and be in marriage how do you what advice do you give for that type of
2: balance you no know, I think Queen Afua, Queen I fool is good advice yeah you know, I, I don't claim to be a man knows everything <laughs> I don't know everything right um and you know there's so many different ways that women can you know um, soften themselves up right so many practices within nature but she does that like womb healing you understand me where she helps women get in tune with themselves again and go through that journey of healing themselves and knowing themselves and doing that shadow work and going through that self-love and that self-therapy right so that they can be in that softness right you have to understand that it's no softness in the business world that's where you become hard so you become tough that's business is war economics is warfare right that's completely different like Go in nature. Go and learn yourself again. You understand me? Like, that's where you find your softness.
0: Um, I agree. We actually had Queen on last month. And yeah. And she's pretty amazing. See, I told she's you. Amazing. Do you think that women should not be in finance? I'm just curious about your view on women no, in finance. No, women know how to get
2: money. What you talking about? Oh,
0: but but, are, but are, that are dominating in this very warlike industry in ways. I think like,
2: women should always get money.
0: I don't mean they can get money other ways. I'm just saying that... Ideally, would your partner be in the same field as you?
2: Um, I haven't dealt with that, but I don't think I would mind per se. But it depends because, you know, nobody wants to battle with their partner. You understand me? So sometimes it's good when y'all in different fields. Right. Because um, this is my expertise. This is yours. Right. right? So like you battling with them on something logical and they may linger over into the bedroom. You may have won this argument. Right. And so that sometimes is not good because now the relationship becomes logical. Right. And so instead of, you know, love and energy and flow, you know, what I'm saying a woman is like an ocean. Right. She that's her emotions. Like you, there's nothing logical about the ocean. You can't win that. You just have to go with the flow of it. So when she becomes logical now, she's thinking just like you. And it's like damn, you battling yourself. Right. So, you know, a woman being in her softness is, is, is no battle there. You dig? So, you know, a woman can be in finances. There black women were, you know, the banks of the household. They were the ones who handled finances back in the day. They, they knew how to handle mathematics and, and, and do those calculations. That was something that he gave to her. I made the money, baby. Hey, you handled the checkbook. Right? She, she He brung in the money, but a lot of times she was the one that paid the bills. That had to write the checks and send them off and get the bills paid. She balanced the checkbooks of the household. Right? But they didn't do the same thing, so there was no argument. He trusted her to do that. She trusted him to do that. So that dynamic of, look, I got my expertise, you got yours. That's the polarities. We got the opposites. They mix, they work, they balance.
1: We'd like to play a little game called trigger. And we're going to ask you, just say one word, and then the first thing that comes to mind, just say what comes to mind immediately.
2: Trigger. Psychological setup. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? Um, Let's go.
0: Okay. Religion. God. Feminism.
2: Woman. Birth. Woman. Motherhood. Woman.
0: Love language. Love language.
2: That's a good one. Um, Understanding. Cannabis. Weed.
0: Psychedelics. (laughs)
2: Drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Mushrooms shit um a trip black man god white man (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Uh, i knew that uh, was coming
0: (laughs) your white friends
2: you know i might ask me this um (laughs) before i don't but not not intentionally though i, I why white I, ain't friend
1: no friends. <laughs> I don't know
2: you know listen you trying to make me some money we can we can work together what it be you feel me like y'all ever heard of John Brown? Mm-mm. John Brown was a uh, uh, abolitionist. He was a white man. Mm. Man he killed he killed a lot of white men in the name of helping black people. Now if I'm going to have me a white friend you need a John Brown friend? He was cool with Frederick Douglass. Yes. <laughs> that's what we need. Uh
0: favorite food
2: Desire, I think.
0: Guilty pleasure.
2: Uh, guilty pleasure. Right now, I was playing video games.
0: Oh, yeah? What, what video games are you playing over there?
2: I'm playing God of War right now.
0: Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to act like I know what the fuck that is. <laughs> Africa. Motherland. Porn. Sex. Favorite sex position. Love. Open relationship. Nah. Pussy Good Afterlife
2: I don't know <laughs> Death So what's next? Self care Necessary Ho some of, <laughs> some of them
1: Some of them Some of them just hoes <laughs> Ain't nothing we could do about it hey, Just some of them is know, hoes Roll the
2: dice
0: <laughs> Sacred sex
2: Great, tantric.
0: Semen retention. Powerful. Biggest regret. None. Biggest accomplishment. Oh. Pet peeve.
2: <sighs> People who call me that I don't feel like talking to. <laughs> <laughs> me
0: too. Same. I'm like, i don't time today. <laughs> I don't answer. Or <laughs> you get one word in text. Um monogamy. It's good. Idle. No. Bad choices. A lot of therapy. Necessary. That's it. You survived trigger. That well, was good. <laughs> you feel you feel triggered? No. Nah, you don't, look you look cool uh, as cucumber over there. <laughs> <laughs> um well we also have a segment on our show called Horror Stories.
1: Um, <laughs> wait, we didn't hear your affirmation. Oh yeah, we did What's your affirmation? Affirmation Where well, there's
2: a will, there's a way. That We're is my good. favorite. Affirmation of all time I, I think I've used that Like a superpower
1: Where there's a will There's, there's a, a way. way Yes You know I went to Clark So the saying at Clark Atlanta is uh, Find a way or make one mm-hmm. And I feel like It's along the same lines Where yeah. there's a will There's a way Like maybe you want to get there Figure it out Yeah <laughs> What you gonna do
0: Yeah it's true Um, Do you have a Hori for us? Uh-huh. A Hori Ah uh-huh horror stories you no know,
2: you 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 brought this up earlier, um, <laughs> it wouldn't be nothing recent I could think about, um, but I remember I got a lot of brothers, right, so you know it was a point in time where I feel like you know when you're young, you're arrogant enough to think that women only want you, right, but my brothers look like me, so I had to share the world with them, and so I remember you know my older brother, he's very. He was very, I don't even know the word to describe him, very tough. Let's just say that. You know, he liked to teach tough lessons. So I remember, you know, I talked to this girl one time without going into deep details. I just met her and everything, right? And this was, like, young, young. Um, But I remember, you know, talking with her casually, end up meeting with him. We met with each other on the train. I just met her. He just met her. You know what I'm saying? But he got eyes on her. You (laughs) did. So, long story short, you know, we ended up going through an iteration of the night. It being a crazy night. Got into fights, all kind of different stuff, right? And then somehow she ended up with him at the end of the night. Mm. And I was disappointed. <laughs> that
1: sounds <laughs> like a heartbreak. <laughs> <That> no, <laughs> I didn't heartbreak. know
2: her, so it wasn't a heartbreak. You understand me? And he ended up knocking those down, so that was a horror story. <laughs>
0: That's his horror Is story. Is she the whore
2: Both. <laughs> shit I think shit it, was, I was horrible. going
0: to be like a train <laughs> run did you, did you approach your, Did you approach your brother like, yo, what the fuck? No, I
2: mean, I talked to him about it, but you know, you get over those things.
0: You never brought another woman around him all.
2: Yeah, I have, <laughs> but you know, the game was different then. You know what I'm saying? I had to be game tight after that. Okay. But I think it was, a, it was a great lesson within it, but it was something I never forgot, though, because that was the first time and only time that happened.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'd forget that either.
1: I yeah. th- but I think men, the shit like that happens to men, and then they're like, all women are whores from Poor <laughs> Island. Like I've like men that get like emotionally scarred from shit like that. Like when that happens at a young age, they don't get chose. That's why
2: it's a horror story. They don't get chose. No, but I, I, hate I but I always knew my it's potential too, though. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think it, it was ever one of those things where you made me feel less about myself. I also knew his capabilities. Like he was a master at this.
1: He was, he was you your, your older saying? brother. He's older. Yeah,
2: not just all, like out of human beings. He was a master at it. Right? He could he could pull almost anyone. Right. So but I thought that, you know, my game was tight and safe. Right. So (laughs) I learned the lesson. You understand me? Watch them learn
0: young grasshopper.
2: Yeah, you got to learn some tough lessons. But, you know, growing up with a lot of brothers, like I said, you you learn not to be jealous. You learn not to be envious. Right. You really learn to share the world with other men. When's your birthday? May 4th. You're a tourist. Yeah.
1: My dad's May 2nd. Do you believe this could be a um, do you believe in like having multiple wives?
2: Huh, this is my sister called me and asked me about this. It's not my your sister, here. like I need
1: to know too. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm happy so being your funny. sister on the same page.
2: <laughs> yo, it's, yo, it was an intense conversation. Um,
1: <laughs> why is that something she's experiencing, or she someone nah, trying to nah, like, nah. Probably, like was, propose
2: it's, that it's, to her? It's, it's, it's I don't want to go. This her business. So I don't want to go into that. What do you believe? Um, she's not experiencing it by okay. the way. But um, it's interesting. I, I think I have a high level view of it rather than a personal right because. It's like asking a person, do you believe in same-sex marriage, right? right. Many people have their take, for they say they don't, or they do. Then some people will say love is love. Some people will say, well, I can see how, why not let people love who they love, right? So in my political version of that, if you believe in same-sex marriage, you have to believe in polygamy. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite, right? So I believe also that men and women are different. And mostly men are different, right? Men have different character types, personality types, right? If you go throughout the world, most of the time when you find a group of like melanated black people, they're practicing polygamy, right? A large group, right? You're not gonna find 45 million black people where culturally they don't practice polygamy. Right. We don't because we're not in an African culture. Right. We're in a Western culture. We went through 500 years of slavery and we practice what our slave masters practice. Right. Their form of love, ideas, romanticism. So I think that the reality, which is unfortunate, that there are some men, you know, who shouldn't think about it at all. And then I think that there are some men who may be possibly qualified for it or that that's their personality type towards love. Where one man get graded on monogamy and that's easy for him because that's all he wants. Where another man doesn't want to practice monogamy and he's treated bad. But that was never what he want. It just was never allowed to express that because society never created an opportunity for that. Mm. So I think that polygamy should be looked at in that particular type of way. You understand me? I think it should be looked at responsibly, but most people don't look at it personally. Right, and so therefore, it always gets a bad rap. And so, people who want to practice that, or men of resources who practice that, is held differently than a man of no resources who practice it. Mm -hmm. You look at Diddy is practicing it. You know what I'm saying? Nick Cannon definitely practicing it right now.
1: Would you practice it in your personal practice, in your personal relationship? I know. I'm like, so are you going to answer? When are you going to answer the question? No, it wasn't
2: a personal question. When are you going to answer the (laughs) question? No, I'm not practicing. I'm not practicing polygamy currently. No, I'm not. I don't have a plan. Wow! <laughs> listen, God is the great knower. Your but listen, call you like, I'm not practicing polygamy. I don't plan on practicing polygamy. You understand me? But God is the best of knowers. So all I'm saying is the fact that, like, I'm other one. I'm of the 0.001 percent of men. You understand me? It's not men who think like me in the position that I am. Right, financially, spiritually, intellectually, resource wise, influence wise, right? And I think that men today. Have a different experience than men of any other time Same way women are But the plethora of options that men get to see visually Changes the dynamic of what men want Right And so with social media And all of these different things I think you have to take that into account The way you deal with this generation Right Because it's unfair For men of this generation To be born under these circumstances But get graded by men of every other generation and character so I just want people to approach the situation with empathy when you think, why are men this way? All right? Like how did they get here in the first place? If you were a man and and we're prone to look at things visually, prone to want these things, like the options are everywhere. I would listen to Minister kind of talk about it was a speech he was giving and he was talking about it was funny because he was explaining how like women as like, he was explaining something about like, you know, men of that era is like the 70s. He was talking about you seeing the women out there, you know, they wearing the tight skirts and dresses and, you know, you got to deal with that as a man. The temptation is everywhere. And I'm like, that's nothing to what we deal with now. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Like tight that's, Ours is on 10 times steroids. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. So the discipline that those men had to have in their generation is nothing compared to what you think the discipline of this child who don't have a father, no emotional intelligence. The world is selling sex at every single turn. Like, so now you're going to grade them by the same standards that the world had for the last thousand years. Mm-hmm. I think it's unfair.
1: It is unfair. I mean, same with the women too. confused, trying to, you know, be chosen. It's just we are so far from. Where we've come, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know you talk about like. Uh, I think I heard a, 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 a podcast. You're talking about like, like hoodoo and voodoo and like our original. I mean religion, really. You know, but like, does the nation of Islam, like I know in other like most strict religious like structures, like Christianity, anything of that sort would be considered demonic in ways. But like, because. Is that something that, like, the Muslims consider to be dark, or is that okay?
2: Well, we don't believe in a mystery, god, so I don't believe in, like, yo, that's, that's devil worship stuff. You know what I'm saying? I look at things practically and logically, like, you know, voodoo come from African practices and spirituality. You know, when you look at the history, it was white people who demonized it, right, because they was getting beat by everybody who practiced it. The Haitians practiced it. They won. Jamaicans right. was up there practicing with Nanny and the Maroons. They won. Right. And so they didn't know how to fight against it. Then they start using it. They took it from you, used it, demonized it. But it's. Re- it's
1: repackaged And now you Sold it back. It's, and yeah. now use it.
2: Same way women were called witches, <laughs> but they was using herbs. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was herbal remedies and practicing concoctions. It was chemistry. Right. Black people learn how to utilize the essence of their environment. That's how we won wars. That's how we develop things. How you think we learned about herbs and remedies and things of that nature. We had to go practice and mixture and do a bunch of different things. We did a lot of a lot of like black people are innately spiritual. Yeah. And this is what the Western experience misses so much right like the spiritual personality the spiritual you know characteristics and in, in, in evolution and a lot of things things can be named by something else right like people believe in manifestation it's a belief in the unseen you can call things into existence right like somebody else may say that they are a uh, uh, well, practice magic you understand me alchemist right? and yeah this is alchemy or somebody said they're summoning something right you change the word and it's demonized Right. Right? So I think that most people are practicing the same thing. Human beings have the same power. The thing about it is the intention. Right. An evil person, whatever they pick up and practice is evil. Right. A good person sometimes can practice something unknowingly evil. Right. With good intent. So it is important to be able to filter through when you're being used as a tool for the devil with the intent of God.
1: Wise man.
0: (laughs) So before we let you go, um, we did pull a card. Oh, yeah, and um, you pulled the six of what is it? Six of wands. Six of
1: wands. I have it here. Oh,
0: wait. Oh, that's oh good because I got the wrong damn swords. I okay.
1: Um, and so let's read the, what the cards say about. Your, I don't know, I just your, want to bring to draw. the bring to the attention that it's a it's a knight and his noble steed. And there's people following behind him. And he's wearing this hat that looks very much a like crown. Look, the crown. six of the wands show.
0: depicts a man wearing a victory wreath around his head
1: <laughs>
0: and riding a decorated white horse through a crowd of cheering people. His horse represents strength, purity, and the successful progression of an adventure. And the group of people marks the public recognition for the man's achievements. Upright, this card means success, public recognition, progress, and self-confidence. The six of wands appears when you have reached an important milestone or achieved a significant goal and you are confident, self-assured and successful. You harness your strengths and talents to bring about a happy outcome in your endeavors and made it through the chaos of the five of wands, minimizing your distractions and focusing on the task at hand. Yes, there were challenges along the way, but you overcame them by concentrating your energies on the target. The six of wands The Six of Wands suggests that not only have you achieved your goals, but you are also receiving public acknowledgement for your efforts. You may have recently received an award, acclaim, or recognition from your peers for your work. It may be even just a pat on the back, but this attention is a big boost to your confidence and gives you the strength to continue your endeavors. The Six of Wands is a positive encouragement to believe in who you are and your accomplishments so far. Have faith in what you've done and how others will receive it. Do not let fear or guilt stand in the way of your success. You ought to be proud. Hold your head up high and know you're worthy of admiration.
2: That's powerful.
1: Thank you. Does that resonate with you?
2: Yeah, very clearly, very loudly. See, it's like what, you know, you call it terror. I'll just call it synchronicity
1: absolutely you
2: know finding meaning and otherwise meaningless like meaning in coincidence one person said maybe that's a coincidence but what's the meaning in it mm-hmm. right and so for me terror is it's is synchronicity
1: mm-hmm. alignment energy mm-hmm. all those things i'm always looking for for messages from the from the ethers from spirit and they can come in all ways Um, But before we go, you know, this is Money March and we're talking about money, mindset and wealth and abundance. And I'm just wondering, do you have any advice as far as money, mindset and wealth for our community? If you have any advice that you have to give to the people, what would it be? Building generational wealth.
2: Well, I would say build the habits of wealth. Right. Many people have wealth goals, but they don't have wealth habits. Right. So it's like. You can want a million dollars, but if you don't have the habits that will get you a million dollars, you'll never get it. A wealthy man who has wealthy habits and he wants a million dollars, he's going to get it, right? So you never want to have wealth habits with poor – well, you don't want to have wealth goal with poor man habits, right? So what does that person do to get to where they are? So when you focus on the process versus the outcome – Right. No. Well, I need to research. I need to study or I need to create me a financial plan. Right. I need to develop this skill. I need to create these different streams of income. I need to do this consistently. Right. Like focus on the habits that you need to develop. I need to get this type of coaching. I need to be around these type of people. I need to go in these environments more frequently. Right. You want to become the person that can produce the wealth, become the person. Right. That can produce the outcome that you want to achieve. So if you focus on, you know, the process versus the outcome, then wealth is inevitable. But if you have a goal and you're not the person with the habits that can achieve that goal, it's just a wish and an illusion.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I love that. That's so true. Yeah, (laughs) I think a lot of people, they 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 think that I mean, we talked about manifesting last month and or just the law of attraction. And one of the big messages is that, like, you can't just wish upon a star and shit just happens. Like Mm -hmm. you have to put yourself in positions and places and mindsets in order to call those things in. You have to be in those positions and, and and be living that life of the millionaire that Mm -hmm. you want to be. So that's, that's really great advice. Thank
2: you. can't make the withdrawals if you never made deposits. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. So um, where can our people find you?
2: They can find me everywhere on Instagram nineteen underscore keys. There's a lot of fake bots.
1: I know. I saw that. So you gotta make sure you get the
2: right one. There's a lot. I don't know why that is. (laughs) There's a lot of Nigerians. All with the same picture. Making fake pages. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, on YouTube, you can find me at nineteen keys, all one word. And then I have my show, High Level Conversations. Um, and then of course, you know, BWO, if you want to join a coaching program, I teach every Monday and every other Wednesday. And we have uh, the physical fitness where we go through the challenges with people for transformation. Then we have the financial literacy class and we bring in guest lecturers, but it's coaching. So we're taking you through the process, right? Rather than just giving you the knowledge to a course. Um, and then of course I have my book, I have my crowns, I have my health products, right? So if you want to support any of those things, when you find me, there'll be a link in the bio. I want a crown, absolutely. I'm
1: gonna have to go pick that up. Absolutely. I know when my afro is popping, I don't know how I'm gonna wear it, but I didn't know that was an option. I didn't <laughs> know you were selling the crowns. So I was like, yeah, I
2: we like got it. the hats, we got the crowns, we got the bucket hats. Oh, understand dope. me? So we have it in. I call it those the, those are the top crowns. You understand me? So we have it in different iterations. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, you know where to find us, ladies and gentlemen, um, good moms underscore bad choices on Instagram, goodmomsbadchoices and all. Well, if you're listening, you know where to find us. <laughs> um, we have a retreat coming up in July in Mexico, two retreats. Please come check it out and join us. We're healing the women and healing ourselves. And you guys, our book is on pre-sale. whoop. A Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices is now live on barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com if you want to feed that beast. (laughs) Either way, feed us and go support Two Single Moms. And, you know, we put some gems in this book and a lot of personal experiences. It's a memoir. It's prescriptive. What else? That's it. We love you. Talk to you next week. Bye.